Hello, and welcome to The Key Podcast, where we talk about theology in every season of life. I'm your host, Sarah Evans, and together we're asking, if Christ is the key to everything, then what are the questions that we get to ask and the things we get to discover? Every fortnight, we discuss systematic theology in bite-sized portions, and along the way, together, we're learning to see and know God in every season of life, whether we're in the spotlight, on the edge, or simply being faithful in the mundane. I'm so excited to have you with us. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. We are excited to be doing another episode of The Little Key. Um, This week, we're going to be talking about a few different things, but really centered on Jesus's time being tempted in the wilderness and some different connections of what that means um, for us today, and also some connections scripturally of what was going on with Christ's temptation in the wilderness. Um, So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Sorry we didn't have an episode last week. We were coming home from holiday, and to be honest, I had a cold and lost my voice, which you'll probably hear this week. Um, I might be coughing a bit. So just appreciate you bearing with us as we do this, um, and we'll get started. So a few weeks ago, we were reading um, in our morning um, kind of devotions about Jesus going into the wilderness. And what did that remind you of? The two goats. Okay, so the two goats. So not everybody knows the two goats. Can you tell us a little bit about the two goats and who they were? The Israelites were almost ruined by the cow, but once a year they were rescued by two goats. The day was called the Day of Atonement. It was one of the most important holidays in Israel. That's where the goats come in. Israel has a lot of sacrifices for sin, but once a year the high priest took two goats and confessed all the people's sins, or these goats. It was like taking all the mistakes and all the fighting and all the lying and all the yelling and all the meanness from the past year and putting those sins on a substitute. Yeah. Okay, so just to clarify, um, just then you were reading from one of our um, different Bibles that we have, huh? Can you tell us the name of this Bible? Can you flip over to the front and tell us what that is from? The Biggest Story Bible Storybook. Yeah. Um, So this is a a children's Bible that's written by Kevin DeYoung. Um, And so that passage that we just read is based on, can you turn back to the first page for me? Um, What what is it based on? Leviticus 16. Yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit about um, those two goats and why they reminded you of Jesus in the wilderness. Do you know what happened to the goats? The first goat died that all the sins of the people might be forgiven. The second goat lived and was led into the wilderness that the sins of the people might be forgiven. I mean, forgotten. Okay, so tell us why Jesus being in the wilderness reminded you of the goats. What's the, what's the similarity between the goats and Jesus? He died on the cross and went into the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And why did he die on the cross? To save us from our sin. Yeah. So how, which goat is he like when he's dying on the cross? The first goat. Okay. And then which goat is he like in the temptation? The second goat. Why is he like the second goat in the temptations? Because he is in the wilderness. Because mm-hmm, he's in the wilderness. And what does Jesus do uh, with our sins? So he 
Yeah. What does Jesus do with our sins? He takes them away. Yeah. Just like that goat took the sins of the people away into the wilderness to be forgotten. How is Jesus... um, Actually, let me ask that question differently. So when Jesus goes into the wilderness, he doesn't die, right? He's being tempted. Um, Where is another passage in the Bible that we talk about temptation? Don't no, don't open up your Bible. Just tell us. You know this. When Adam and Eve are tempted. Yeah. Um, what did Adam and Eve do? They said yes to Satan. Yeah. So they said yes to temptation and they gave in, huh? Mm-hmm. How is that different? Or is that the same as what Jesus did? No. No, why not? He overcame the temptation. Yeah. Can you tell us about the three different temptations that he overcomes? They were appetite, power, and being like God. Yeah. So which one was the appetites? Satan asked Jesus to turn rocks into bread. Yeah. And do you remember which one was like power? Satan said he would give Jesus all the kingdoms in the world if he bowed down to him. Yeah. And which one was a temptation for Jesus to be um, God? He was supposed to throw himself off the roof of a temple. And what would happen then? Angels would catch him. Yeah. So Jesus was being tempted by um, our appetites. Do you and I have appetites? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> what kind of appetites do we have? Hunger. Yeah. What other kinds of appetites? Mm, power. Yeah, we might have an appetite for power. That's really well put. Appetite just means something that we desire, right? Yeah. Just like hunger. And so we have all kinds of appetites. We might have an appetite for things, right, that we want to buy at a store, like yeah. clothes or toys. We might also have an appetite for... Um, relationships, right? A desire to be with other people. Yeah. Like I want to be with my friends, Giselle and Daniela. Yeah. And then, um, Jesus is also tempted by power, right? Satan promises to give him great power if he'll do what he, what Satan wants. And what are ways that we might be tempted by power? Hmm. Being a king or a queen. Yeah, you might want to be a king or a queen. That'd be pretty awesome. Um, what What is a way that you might be tempted to desire power, like, in our everyday life? Can you mm, think of anything? Uh, mind power. Mind power. Yeah, or maybe in, like, a real basic thing of just wanting to be in charge, right? Like, whether that's getting to be the one who picks the game all the time or who gets to be in charge of what kind of dress-up you and your sisters are playing. That's a form of power, huh? Yeah. Yeah, you're not latching onto that one very much. Um, And then Jesus was also tempted with um, that human desire to be like God, but to be like God in an inappropriate way that others would worship him um, without that worship being instituted by God, but rather something that he sort of achieved on his own or was given to him from the wrong source. So can you think of the different ways that Adam and Eve were also tempted by those three things. What's a way that they were tempted by appetite? That they wanted to eat the fruit. Yeah. It looked, it, I think in the Bible it says something along the lines of it looked pleasing to the eye. Or it and looked, very tasty. Yeah, it looked tasty. Exactly. Um, and what is a way in which they were tempted by power? That they would be like God. Yeah. Well, and being like God. Yeah. 
Yeah. So they were tempted to have wisdom and to be like God in an inappropriate way. Because it's good for us to want to be like God in the sense of um, being image bearers, in the sense of being holy and good and beautiful the way that he is. But there are also ways in which we might want to be like God in the sense of grasping to be like God. Or we might want to um, make ourselves God rather than being underneath or in submission to God, huh? Yeah. And so that's kind of what was happening with Adam and Eve. So when Jesus is tempted by those things in the wilderness, he overcomes them in the way that Adam and Eve did not, huh? Yeah. So what season are we in right now? Lent. Yeah. What do we usually do in Lent, my dear? We fast. Yeah. Why do we fast? Because Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, and so we are fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah. Are we able to fast in the same way that Jesus was? No. Mm, Yeah, probably not. Definitely not with the same level of um, holiness and uh, faithfulness that he had, right? Yeah. But we are able to kind of enter into his um, experience of suffering. Why do you think that might be important? Because he couldn't eat all the time when he was in the desert. Yeah. Why do you think it's good for us to experience that? Because... Is he? I don't know. That's fine. You don't have to know everything. Do you remember what we talked about the other day with um, what happened, what we do when we sin or we fail about something? What should we do? Say sorry to God. Yeah. And what do we expect God to do when we say sorry? Be kind and generous and loving. Yes. And what does he do? He forgives us. Yeah, he forgives us. When we're fasting during Lent, it's a really poignant reminder. That means it's a really um, thoughtful and tangible reminder that we can't do the things that Jesus does. When we're fasting, we're being tempted all the time to give up our fast and to break our fast, right? And it's a season for us to remember that Jesus is the one who has done everything on our behalf, right? He overcomes the temptation on our behalf so that we don't have to, because we know we can't. And so we trust in his overcoming of temptation, of all forms of sin, that he relives the story of Adam and Eve, and then he relives the story of Israel in order to redeem us, in order to bring us back into fellowship with God. And when we fast, it's a good reminder of all the ways in which we are tempted to fall away. And it's a reminder that when we do fall away, God is still going to forgive us no matter what. Do you remember what we're celebrating this weekend? So we're in the season of Lent right now. What's coming up this weekend? On Saturday, we're going to have an Easter egg hunt, which means that Sunday it is Easter Sunday. That's right. What um, is important on Easter Sunday? That Jesus rises from the dead. Yeah. And when Jesus rises from the dead, what is he doing? He is taking all our sins. Yep, and doing what with them? And taking them so far that you can never, ever, 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 ever again see them. Yeah, he's overcoming all of our sin and taking them away. Just like what? What did we start out talking about? Just like the two goats. Yeah, so on Friday... 
On Good Friday, Jesus is that goat that was um, sacrificed for sins. And on Sunday, it's like he is the goat who carries our sins away so that we don't have to look on them and so that God doesn't look on them anymore, huh? Yeah. Is did that goat ever come back from the wilderness? No. No. He carried the sins away for the people so that they didn't have to um, be have those sins counted against them. How um, How is that different from, how is what Jesus does different from what the goats did? Can you think of any ways? Mm, he was put in a tomb. Yeah, Jesus was put in a tomb. Ooh, and then what happens after the tomb? He rises to life. Yeah, he comes back. Unlike the goat, Jesus comes back. Yeah, because that does not happen to the goat. Yeah. Why do you think that's a big deal? I don't know. <laughs> that's okay. So... Does Jesus have to be crucified every single year? No. No, but what happened with the goats? They were crucified every single year. Yeah, well, they weren't crucified, but they were put to death every year. There was a new pair of goats every single year on the Day of Atonement. Yeah. Oh, were you going to say something? Yeah, they must have used 100 goats. They probably used a lot of goats over many years. You're right. (laughs) But Jesus is what we call a sufficient sacrifice. So he is the once for all sacrifice. And so we don't have to keep repeating sacrifices. We don't have to keep sending goats out into the wilderness. Instead, Jesus has done that once and for all, which I think is pretty good news because it means that we can be forgiven from here on out. We don't have to keep coming back and um, walking through those sacrifices again in order to restore our relationship with God. It's good to confess our sins. But we can remember that Jesus has um, done the work for us once and for all. And so even when we're confessing and asking for forgiveness, that's not because there's been a break in relationship that um, has to be dealt with. It's that we are renewing things with Jesus, right? Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, um, I, uh, hmm... I don't really have any. That's totally fine. Do you think it's good news that Jesus is coming back on Sunday? I do. Yeah. And aren't we glad? You know what's really interesting? I don't think that many people know that Easter is actually a longer season in the church calendar than Lent is. Did you know that? I didn't didn't know that for a long time. Why do you think um, Easter is a longer season than Lent? Why do you think that the people who set up the church calendar decided to do that? I don't really have an idea. Do you think it's because life is greater than death? Yeah. And why might that be something worth celebrating? Mm, Because life is better than death. Okay. And who gives us life? Jesus. Yes, Jesus gives us life. And so it's good for us to celebrate that. And it's great that we get to celebrate it for even longer than we remember our need for Christ to come. So in Lent, we're remembering why Jesus had to come. And in the season of Easter, we are getting to celebrate um, that life overcomes death and that that is going to be our future rather than death which is a pretty big deal, and I would say it's pretty good news.
All right. Is there anything else that you would like to share? I want to share my Bible verse from Sunday school. It is Isaiah 35, the end of verse 4 through 6. Your God will come to save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. The lame man will leap like a deer, and those who can't speak will shout for joy. That is a great note for us to end on. Thanks so much for sharing that. Shall we say goodbye to everyone? Yeah. Bye. Bye. Hi again, everyone. So... I wanted to jump back on here. My daughter is not with me, but I realized I said something during the conversation I had with her on this episode, something that I thought I should come back and clarify. I was talking about the way in which our relationship is affected by our sin, um, especially our relationship as Christians, how that relationship with Christ is affected by sin, um, even after we've accepted Christ into our hearts. And I was making a comparison to the day of atonement. And I actually had to go back and even address this with my daughter. I think this is a really great example, um, both for parents and for little people who might listen to this episode, that there are times where even as grownups, even as well-educated theologian kind of grownups, we do say things in a sloppy manner that then we have to come back and kind of redefine or re-clarify. So that's what I want to do here. I think it's important for us to remember that we need to confess our sins, even our sins that we commit after we are justified before God in Christ, right? So I, quote unquote, became a Christian at about the age of four when I accepted Christ into my heart and prayed about that. And of course, age of four, very tender age, I have sinned a lot since then. And there have been a lot of things I've had to come back and confess to Jesus. Um, And I've had to seek reconciliation with him over those things. Kind of like um, my relationship with my kids or my relationship with my husband or with my friends. When I do something wrong, I recognize that there has been a break in my relationship with that individual. And I need to go back and apologize, confess what I've done, and then we need to make things right. That's what it means to be uh, redeemed, to be reconciling with one another. And of course, my family attends a liturgical church, and we actually have a confession that we say weekly in which we acknowledge the ways that we have sinned against God, against our neighbors, against even ourselves at times. And it's important for us to acknowledge those points in our relationship with God, with others, with ourselves, where we have um, broken things, right? And it does damage our relationship with God um, in particular, because those are moments in which we've chosen to go our own way rather than walking in His way. And yet there's a really important distinction here that goes back to what happened at the Day of Atonement in the um, the sacrifices that were made and the goat that was sent out into the desert and how that had to be done every single year because the blood of goats can't atone fully for our sins. But we know the blood of Christ fully substitutes and pays the penalty and the price for our sins, right? And so though it is still important for me to come and acknowledge before Christ the ways in which I have failed to live my identity as one of his children, the ways in which I have acted against um, the desires of God, the will, the intention of God, and I have gone my own way, 
though it is important to acknowledge those and it is important to seek forgiveness and to be reconciled with God and with others, there's still a qualitative difference between what we as Christians experience after the death and the resurrection of Christ, which pays the price in full and redeems us from the pit once and for all. And the way that the uh, community of Israel had to do that repeatedly every single year, right? And if they didn't do that, those things, um, then they would be cut off from God and cut off from one another, right? And so I um, just wanted to come back and say that, yes, it's important for us to continue confessing our sins as a way of being redeemed and reconciled to God and the ongoing relationship that is our everyday life. And yet we can do that knowing that God has forgiven us fully in Christ and he has redeemed us fully in Christ. And so there is a real qualitative difference there that is important for us to remember. So, all right, that's just an example of times when even I say things out of turn or I say them in a sloppy and um, unclarified manner. And it's good for us to acknowledge that and be able to come back and make those kinds of corrections um, with one another and with our kids. And then it's also good for us to be able to have grace with one another and with ourselves. So looking forward to seeing you all next time or hearing from you in the meantime. Friends, thanks so much for joining us on this episode of The Key. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review. It really helps others to find the podcast. And that's actually the goal, to share the gospel and make theological education available for the benefit of the church in every season. If you want to get in touch, head on over to the website, thekeypodcast.org. You can also check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash thekeypodcast. There, you'll find exclusive episodes, a book club, and materials for members. Also, I really love hearing from listeners, so please sing out and get in touch if you want. Until next time, God's grace and peace to each of you.